Praise the Lord, everyone. Good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Praise the name of Jesus. The Lord has been here in a mighty way already, I know. And I, this morning, I know that I have a word from the Lord. And I just, I know that it can go forth with His will and His guidance. But I, I definitely know that I have a word from the Lord when uh, Sister Kathy began to sing the, those courses. It was all I could do to hold in one place. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, uh, she did very well, spoke very well. Sometimes we go through a desert and we wonder how much was me endure, how much much we take. And the message this morning is, is going to kind of go in, in line with that song. And so I know the Lord has a word for somebody. And I pray that I can bring it forth and be a blessing today, this morning. Praise the name of the Lord. We're going to begin in uh, 1 Kings uh, chapter 18 and verse 21. 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 21. It reads like this, says, Praise the Lord. Verse 21. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. And from there I want to go to Matthew 6 and 24. In the words of Jesus, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And what that mammon is speaking of there is just monies and riches and glory and things of that nature. You can't serve both. You've got to make your mind up which one you're going to serve. Who's, who's going to be your king? Who's going to be your Lord? Who are you going to serve? Praise the name of the Lord. Glory to his name. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we come to you today. We thank you for the services for and Lord, as I begin to minister your word that I trust and I believe in, I know you have a word for your people, and Lord, give me the wisdom, guidance, and strength that I need to get it out and for, uh, to your people that they can be enriched and blessed this day in Jesus' name. And let the church say, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Uh, so this morning, I'd like to speak on uh, a subject uh, called um, God Wants to Reign in our lives. And you'll notice I got the, the uh, two different reigns there, one's in parentheses, and um, I'm sure everyone understands the meaning of both, but uh, God wants to reign. He wants to be the one true God in your life. He wants to reign in your life, and if we allow him to reign in our lives, then he is going to in turn rain down his glory upon us. He's going to rain down some blessings on us. He's going to rain down some good things upon us because he has nothing but good things. But we have to first recognize him as the one true God, the one we lean to, the one we look for, the one that we want to worship and serve and no other God before him. We are going to serve him and then we are going to reap his blessings because he loves us, he loves his people. And that, that is what I'd like to try to speak on uh, this morning. And uh, back to First uh, Kings, uh, uh, speaking on Elijah here. I, uh, just bear with me for a little bit as I try to give uh, 
uh, somewhat of a background, if I can, about what's leading up to here to this verse, particular verse. Elijah here is getting ready to prove who the one true God is, the one whom reigns over all creation in earth and weather. Uh, back a uh, back few scriptures back, uh, it begins to talk about the uh, sixth king of Israel was Amariah. He built the capital city of Samaria. His son Ahab reigned there as king for about 22 years. Now, Ahab did evil in the sight of the Lord, the Bible says, more than those that were before him. And it seemed to be a pattern of kings that did greater evil than the kings before him in this time. And that's why God didn't want kings for his people. God wanted to be the one true king for his people, his chosen people. He wanted to be their king, but they said, no, no. Remember when back when Samuel anointed Saul, the first king of Israel, he anointed him. The people said, give us a king. We want a king to fight our battles, to do everything for us. Give us a king. Well, uh, God didn't want that, but he, he, they rebelled so much. He said, fine, give them away. Give them what they want. They're going to get what they ask for. So uh, that's what happened. Well, now we go back up to King Ahab, uh, where, he, where he was set up uh, king after his father, uh, Amariah, and that was uh, important. That's this capital city of Samaria. So uh, King Ahab set up an altar before Baal in the temple of Baal, and he also made a wooden image. And this kind of goes along with some of what we were speaking of in Sunday school about wooden images and uh, wor worshiping other gods. Now, this really provoked the Lord God. He's not going to be mocked. He's not, he's not going to take this for very long uh, of his children looking to other, other gods and worshiping other gods. But this is what was taking place during this time period. So God gave Elijah a word to give to Ahab. And we find that in 1 Kings 17 and verse 1. Let's read that. It says, Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall be no dew nor rain these years except at my word. Glory to the name of the Lord. So God is fed up. He's had it. He's, not, he's, tired. he's tired of what's been going on these years. And he has sent word to King Ahab that there's going to be a drought. It ain't going to be just a drought. It ain't going to be no dew on the ground. You know how sometimes we'll go two or three weeks maybe without a good drenching of rain. But there's usually every day you wake up, you go, you know, usually when you mow your yard or something, you wake up and the dew on the ground has done made that grass doesn't stick to your feet after you done mowed it. It kind of irritates you, know. There wasn't even that on the ground. There was no dew on the ground. There was no moisture. It was dried up. It was a desert. And it's been, oh, glory to God. It was a desert that was about to come to pass. Glory to the name of the Lord. So God tells Elijah to get this word to King Ahab and then tells Elijah to get away from there. And this, this, de this desert atmosphere and this drought took place for about three and a half years. Uh, and so God wanted him to get away. And this is where, if you remember, that uh, the ravens fed Elijah from the brook Cherith and, and gave him uh, um, uh, food and meat to eat and take care of him. And he drunk from the brook until it dried up because of the drought. And so that's, he went to that far. So now uh, we find that uh, that King Ahab was not was going to be going through this drought, and so this severe drought caused severe famine. People began to die. 
So tragedy began to take place after about three and a half years. It was so dry that animals began to die. There was no water for them, no grass for them to eat and graze. People began to die. It, it was during this time period that uh, Elijah also went and met with a widow, a widow woman, and uh, she was preparing to die herself and her son, if you recall. Uh, she was gathering sticks that she may go and make uh, a last bit of food, a bread for her and her son. And, Elijah, and the Lord told Elijah to go and meet this woman. It's, he, had, he is going to use her to prepare him food and take care of them. God works a miracle in that family, and Elijah gives the word of the Lord to her, and they go on strength of that food for many days until the rain comes. God will sustain you during your drought. He will take care of you during those times where you feel like there's no, nothing to take care of you. God will supply if you let God reign in your life. You let God reign in your life, He will supply. He will take care of each and every need. It will last until the rains come back. Glory to the name of the Lord. I just praise the name of the Lord God. Praise His name. So we go to... Uh, 1 Kings uh, chapter 18, and I want to read verses 1 and 2. And th this is after Elijah has uh, uh, helped this lady and her family, and they had that sustained during that drought time. Not only that, the Bible says that her son got so sick that he died, he passed away. And the Lord God brought his son back to life using Elijah. And, I, and so she knew at that point, it, as if the food and, and nourishment through that drought period, wasn't enough to make her believe in the Lord God. The next, the, that follow-up step of God bringing her son back to life was definitely showed her that what Elijah said was true, and what got, and Elijah w was definitely a prophet of the Lord. So, in verse uh, in chapter eighteen, and we're going to read verses uh, one and two. It says, "And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year." saying, Go present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the earth. So Elijah went to present himself to Ahab, and there was severe famine in Samaria. And we just talked a little bit about that severe famine and what some people were going through and dying and how bad that it was. And you can imagine how bad it was after about three and a half years. There was severe famine. There's people going through drastic things. But uh, begging for rain, remember... Remember, not even a, dwell, a, a dew fell upon the ground. And how long, how long do we have to be in our misery before we realize that God is the one true God in our lives? How long do we have to be in that desert-type atmosphere before we recognize that God's reign in our life and He will sustain us? Pray for glory to the name of the Lord. Now, Obadiah, uh, oh, um, praise the name of the Lord. So, Elijah goes on his way to see King Ahab. So he's going on his way to see King Ahab. Now he finds and comes across Obadiah, and the officer in charge of the King Ahab's house out looking for grass to feed the livestock so they wouldn't have to kill them for lack of food. So uh, King Ahab has this keeper of his property. His name is Obadiah. And he, t he discusses with him, says this drought and this famine is so bad, we need grass for the livestock, else we'll have to kill them. So they agreed to separate, go their ways, search out where they may find the grass to sustain the livestock so they won't have to kill them. During this walk of Obadiah, who feared the Lord, uh, he come across 
uh, Elijah. <laughs> he come across Elijah. And so Obadiah is telling Elijah uh, that he sees him. He's so excited and happy to see him. Uh, but, he, but Obadiah had went and hid 100 prophets of the Lord in, in uh, caves by, by 50 because uh, King Ahab's wife, Jezebel, was killing off prophets of the Lord. Because, see, King Ahab and his wife Jezebel were worshiping Baal. They were worshiping not the one true God. So they, and they were even killing off the other prophets. So Obadiah, fearing the Lord, taking care of God's people, had them hid in caves, and they were looking for Elijah. King Ahab was looking for him. He wanted to see him. And so uh, Elijah comes, and the Lord's already told Elijah, you're going to go meet with King Ahab, and you're going to see him. And Obadiah get, is happy to see him, but at the same time, when Elijah says, go tell your master or King Ahab that I am here and I want to see with him, Obadiah gets scared. He's afraid. He knows the power of God. He's afraid God is going to take Elijah to a secret place where he won't be able to be seen and that, he's, that God is going to hide and protect Elijah because he had done that. He had his protection. But Elijah says, no, I'm here to see King Ahab. Go and tell him. So they did, get, so they did go and meet. And Elijah, and Elijah tells the king, to call for the children of Israel and gather all the prophets of Baal, 450 and 400 prophets of Azariah, to meet at Mount Carmel. And that's where we're going to be, begin to pick up uh, our scripture uh, here from uh, Mount, Car Mar Mount Carmel. And so in beginning in verse 22 of chapter 18 of 1 Kings, we are now at uh, Mount Carmel. Uh, King Ahab is uh, uh, sending up the, the children of Israel and all the, all the false prophets of Baal. And, and we're, about, we're about to prove who the one true God is. We're about to find out for sure which one is the one true living God. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord. Remember how we talked, discussed that uh, Queen Jezebel had killed so many of, of the uh, Lord's prophets. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. Therefore, let them give us two bulls and let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it into pieces and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. And I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood, but put no fire under it. Then you call on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord, and the God who answers by fire, he is God. So all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. Now I found this interesting right here when it says the people answered and said it is well spoken, because in our, our focus scripture, about at the end of it, it says, uh, when Elijah told, uh, it says, Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. They didn't answer because they were upset and they were irritated. They didn't want to hear that. They had done been led by their king into false gods and false doctrine because they wasn't worshiping the one true God. They done drifted, so they didn't want to hear that. They didn't want to listen to that. So now by the, by the end of this next statement, oh, that's well spoken. We want to prove that Baal is real. We want to prove that what we're doing is right. We are being led the right way when, in fact, they're being led wrong. They've been led wrong by their king. Don't be led wrong by the wrong king. Let God lead you. Let God direct you. Let God guide your path. He will lead you through that desert and sustain you and take care of you. Praise the name of the Lord. In verse uh, 25, Now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose one bull for yourselves, 
and prepare it first, for you are many, and call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. So they took the bull which was given to them, and they prepared it, and called on the name of Baal from morning even till noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, no one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they had made. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he is meditating, or he is busy, or he is on a journey, or perhaps he is sleeping and must be awakened. I read, uh, when I was doing my study, I read one, um, I forget where I saw it, but I said one said, well, maybe perhaps, perhaps he's using the restroom. He's gone somewhere. Elijah done went to mocking their gods because they, they done started in the morning time. They didn't work in the morning. Now they're at noontime. So Elijah, you know, he's being patient. He's waiting. When's your God going to show up? When's your God going to work? You know, when's this going to happen and take place? And so Elijah just begins to, to mock them and tell them to cry out. And, and so here's what they do in verse 28. So they cried aloud and cut themselves, as was their custom, with knives and lances until the blood gushed out on them. So they began to cut themselves, try, trying to waken up the, uh, their God as if he were asleep or, or dead or something, trying to wake them up. But back in, uh, uh, back in Genesis, the Lord God says to his people not to cut themselves, not to, not to mutilate themselves that way. That was against God. You're not to do that with your temple, uh, your body for Christ. You're not supposed to do that. And, that, and so this was something that was against uh, what they should have been doing. Verse 29, and when midday was passed, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening. But there was no voice, no one answered, no one paid attention. Then, uh, so we now were morning, noon, and night, and no answer from any, any Baal God, any, any of them. They, they served many, they had many that they tried to, to, to follow, that they, they, they were worshiping Baals, uh, wanting rain. Remember, they were in a drought. They wanted rain. They wanted water. They worshipped him so much, hoping that they that they would bring the rain, much needed moisture and water for them. It wasn't happening. It wasn't. This sacrifice w w was falling apart for them. And I wonder sometimes, this goes along with how long will we stay in our drought with the Lord? Think of this spiritually. How long is our spirit with uh, that, how, that we worship the Lord and our spirit is supposed to be Him spiritually? How long do we must must we be uh, sustained in this drought without looking to God for answers, without following Him, without asking Him to sustain us and and help us through this time? It takes Him, the one true God, to work in our lives. It takes following Him and letting Him reign in our lives. And how do we do that? They did this morning, noon, and night as a sacrifice. I realize this is literal right here, and this is something physical that they did. But what I'm speaking of is, what are we doing as a people? What am I doing every day I wake up as a sacrifice to my God? Am I waking up and giving Him praise and glory as a first breath out of my mouth? Thank you, God. I love you. Thank you for waking me up today. I know this is going to be a good day. Where is my personal sacrifice to the Lord? God wants that personal sacrifice from you so and so he can reign in your life. When you do that morning, noon, and night, just like they did these sacrifices, 
that will start to see that God is reigning in your life. And when you do that, you will find that God will rain down his blessings on you. He will take care of you. He will sustain you. you might, you're going to go through some stuff. It ain't, it ain't going to be no better roses. You know, you're going to go through some stuff, but God will sustain it. But we have to sacrifice. We have to do things on purpose for our Lord and Savior. I think, I think of my job. I get up every day. And I go to that and make that sacrifice because I'm I'm not going there to worship that job. But my my sacrifice is that because I do that job, I'm getting a benefit from it from pay and benefits and to sustain my family to take care of my family. I'm putting faith in that 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 job is there. I'm putting a sacrifice of my time that that company that I work for will sustain me and my family. But what about spiritually? Am I doing what I need to do spiritually that God can sustain my family and take care of me? Am I putting too much emphasis on my job instead of on God to supply and sustain and take care of me? Glory to the name of the Lord. Woo! Glory to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. So we, we read on. Then Elijah said to all the people, Come near to me. So all the people came near to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. That's one thing we got to look at, too. The altar of the Lord's broken down. It's got to be repaired. Sometimes we drift so far away from the Lord spiritually. We got to repair thing what's broken down with us. We got to get on our knees and ask God, I'm sorry. Let me repair what you've had inside of me. Let, let me rebuild this altar, Lord, and ask your forgiveness for me. Lord, let me worship you. Let me, Lord, let me come back to you, Lord. Let me repair this altar of the Lord. That's what he had, that's the first thing Elijah had to do. He couldn't have no sacrifice on a broke down altar that God would not honor honor. God's going to honor an altar that is taken care of and, and set forth in his design and his will. Praise the name of the Lord. So it was broken down and Elijah had to repair it, had to fix it. Verse 31, and Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob to whom the word of the Lord had come saying, Israel shall be your, your name. And, uh, this, you know, and everyone knows that uh, when we say Jacob or we say the the uh, children of Israel were referring back to Jacob when he fought with the angel of the Lord. And because he had fought and struggled so hard with the angel of the Lord, he said, I will not let you go until you bless me. I want my blessing. And that's when his name began changed to Israel. That He would not let go. And his, uh, it was his hip socket that uh, I believe that got missed, out of place. He was injured uh, uh, by fighting and wrestling with that angel because he wanted to be blessed. And his name became Israel. Praise the name of the Lord. 32. Then with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. Each and everything we do, we do in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus. No, There's no other way that we can do anything without doing it in the name of the Lord Jesus. And he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold two says of seed. And he put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces, and laid it on the wood. And said, fill your water pots with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Notice how everything is in order. Everything's in place. God has order. God has a place for things. There's a specific way that we do things. And uh, just like our salvation, we're to come to repentance. We ask God to come into our heart and our lives and we repent. We get baptized and we uh, search for and seek and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost that is promised to us. There's an order to things. There's a, we can't leave 
certain things out. There, it has to be done in proper order for, for the Lord. Then he said, do it a second time. And they, and they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar, and I also filled the trench with water. So now we find that they took four water pods of water and dumped it all on the sacrifice, drenched it, uh, completely soaked it down. Now we know this meant it was soaking wet to the bone. Soaking wet. But one thing I found interesting during this is this was the rains had not yet come. The rains had not yet come. They were still in a drought. They were still needed water, and they poured this much water on this sacrifice for, uh, for the Lord. And that's one thing I thought was very interesting. The rains had not yet come, but, but they still poured all this water on, all over the sacrifice. In 36, it reads, it says, And it came to pass at the time of the offering and the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, This is where it gets good. Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. See what it's talking about? God does things in order. There's order his plan. Elijah done it at his word. He listened to the Lord. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God, and that you have turned their hearts back to you. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. Glory to the name of the Lord. That fire come down, struck that burnt sacrifice, took it all up, took it all up, down to the dust, took it all up. That water wasn't nothing. God said, what about, what, what's that water there? It ain't nothing there. It ain't nothing there for God. He burned it all up, took care of it, down to the dust. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. They recognized, the, the children of Israel, people, children of Israel recognized then. Their prophets of Baal led them wrongly, led them falsely. They followed King Ahab and his prophets and Jezebel, told them wrong, gave them all morning, day, and night to burn that sacrifice up. Didn't happen. And God said, Now let me show you what. Now let me show you who the one true God is. And Elijah prayed, and a fire of the Lord came down and showed them people, showed the children of, of Israel. In verse 40, he said, And Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. So they seized them, and Elijah took them down to the brook of Keshan and executed them there. You may say, well, why would they have to be executed? Why did all them uh, 450 prophets of Baal and the other 400 of the prophet of Azariah, why do they all have to be killed? Because they led them the wrong way. He led God's people wrong, and they had to, they had to be a punishment. And they, they were they were following the false gods, and, and they had to be the, the prophets had to be taken care of. They had to, that's why they, they were executed there. In verse forty one, Elijah said to Ahab, "Go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. Glory to the Lord." So now the rains is coming. You done been through your drought. You done, you done been proven. You know that the Lord, God, is real. He's a one true God, and he is ready. He's waiting. He, God wanted to rain down on his people. He was ready for it. He, he didn't like his three and a half years of them going through torment and death and destruction. God wants to rain down on his people. He wants to give them blessings. He wants to support them and take care of them, but we have to let him rain in our lives. We have to, we have to let him 
uh, reign in our lives and honor him and, and show him respect that is due him and give him praise and glory. Not, not give other false doctrines praise and glory. Not worship uh, other things that distract us and take us away from what we should be doing spiritually with our God, with our Lord and Savior. We, so many, every, each and every day, there we can we we it's a struggle for us to to search out the time that we need to give God praise and glory. I realize that it's tough for me. I'm not standing up here acting that I'm better than I am. It's tough, but I do honestly and sincerely stand before you and tell you that I try to my very best to make each and every day that effort. God, I love you. God, I praise you. God, I give you glory. God, I know you're taking care of me. I know you're sustaining me. I know you, you can heal me when I'm sick. I know that you're going to provide every need. I want him to know that I trust him, that I believe in him, that I worship him. There's no other God. He's the one true God, and I'm going to serve him forever. Praise the name of the Lord. So verse uh, 42. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then... He bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. He began to pray. He, he pray uh, the rain stopped, and the rain was about ready to come down again. In verse 43, and, and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And seven times he said, Go again. So Elijah keeps sending his servant back, said, Look, go look at the sea. Tell me what is happening, what's going on. Verse 44, Then it came to pass at the, uh, the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. So Elijah's already telling him, he said, even though it was just as small as a fist, it was a little small rain cloud, Elijah knew what was coming. He knew a downpour was coming. And so he told him, go tell King Ahab, better get his chariot going down the road because he's about to get stuck in some mud. He's about, he about, he about to sink if he don't get going. So 40, verse 45 says, Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Now check out our last uh, verse here, 46. And then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Now I don't know if y'all caught that or not, but King Ahab's in a chariot. He's in a chariot, and here comes Elijah passing him up. The Lord gave him the strength to, to gird up his loins and cut a trail down the road while King Ahab was sitting there fighting that downpour that, that he'd been begging for for so long from the prophet Baal. So Elijah done cut a trail and, went and beat him there. God, gave him, God will give you strength to do whatever it is you need to do. God will give you the strength. You just got to look to him. You got to show him worthy. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God will sustain you. He will give you that strength. Praise the name of the Lord. It doesn't matter what your enemy has. You know, they wanted to kill Elijah. It doesn't matter what your enemy has. It don't, that, that chariot wasn't nothing. That horse wasn't going to outrun Elijah. Elijah had the, the, the hand of the Lord upon him, and God sustained him and, and took him through and got him, and got him away from that wind. And this morning, I want to, uh, the last verse I want to go back to and read is in, uh, as uh, ending here. Uh, the pastor wants to come up and get a, a song ready. I want to leave you with the, the one I started with in Matthew, uh, the, the words of Jesus, Matthew 6 and 24. And just let that sit on you and let it, and let it meditate.
upon that. It says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. This morning, the, the, the word of the Lord has been brought forth to you. I hope it's been a blessing to you. But always remember, if you want God to rain the benefits and blessings down upon you, he must reign in your life. We can't serve two masters. If we get so caught up in our daily lives, and you know, when we say serving two masters, I know we don't really look at it like we're serving my job or we're serving different things. But anything, just think of it this way, anything that we let take away from our spiritual growth of Come God on. that we need so much, that is serving another God. That's serving another master. That's not putting God first in our lives. We have to always remember, put God first, and he will rain down those blessings upon us. Praise yes. the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise Hallelujah. the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.